Father, we bow before you. And for thousands of years, mankind waited, longed and looked and prayed and worshipped and sacrificed and anticipated your coming. And you've come. We know you're coming again. But Lord, we want to pause before we look to your coming again. We want to, we want to reflect tonight on your first coming. The long-awaited Emmanuel, God with us. The one who brought light and broke up the darkness. The one who, who brings peace and shatters war and turmoil. Lord, we come this night after all the Russian hubbub of the season and we want to pause and we want to look into your light, the transforming work of your light in us. Lord, we pray that you would speak clearly as we listen. In Jesus' name, amen. We talk about light tonight. I want to challenge you to listen for the word light. Almost seems like, no, you, you watch for that. You don't listen. I want you to listen for it. That word, I've mentioned six times already just in prayer and just here. And listen, if you're keeping count, and I encourage the children in the room to keep count, because at the end of the gathering tonight, out in the gallery area, I'll be hanging out out there. I want you to come and tell me what exactly, how many times I use the word light. There's the seventh time. And you just be tallying them up from this point. You can get mom and dad to help you out and let that be something that uh, you do together. But uh, this is a time where I want you to really, really be reflecting on that word, that concept, because it is forever life changing. We take it for granted until all of a sudden we go to the switch on the wall and we flip it and it doesn't come on. We take it for granted until the battery in the car dies and we can no longer start the engine and find our keys and we stumble in the night and we hurt things because we have no light. We take it for granted. When we moved to Africa, it was a veteran missionary. He'd been there for about 20 years. And he told us, Mike, you need to know two things before you go anywhere and you do anything in, in, in this continent. And that is you need to know where your next water source is. You need to always be carrying and always be drinking water because you can be in a bad situation very quickly. He says, secondly, you need to know where your light is. Because when that African sun sets... On that African horizon, then, then you got to realize that it's going to get dark really quick. And when things get dark in Africa, they're pitch black. And you can't keep up and you can't find things and you step on things and there are creepy crawly things that come out, out in the night and you don't know what to do about them. And some of them are really dangerous. One of them in particular I was warned about was the puff adder. Most snakes are nocturnal, so most of them come out at night. But this was the one in particular that they said you need to watch out for them because what they like to do is they have to come out in the well-worn paths on cold nights. They get out there where the where the heat, the sun is hitting, has has warmed up that soil, and they kind of hang out there. That's also where the little rats come across, and then these puff adders will reach out and grab something coming by. But what happens most of the time when people are bit by a puff adder is because they step on them. And their strike backward is as great as their strike forward. 
And in one-inch fangs, they stick into you, and all of a sudden, your life is full of venom. And things change. So light is life. When you really think about it, David, whenever he was captured by the Philistines at Gad, he says this as he wrote Psalm 56, verse 13. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. The light of life. I want you to hang on to that phrase. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But understand that light brings life. We know that from science. Photosynthesis brings life to plants. We need light. Light is good. When God created the world in verse 4 of Genesis chapter 1, he said that light was good. We know from Einstein and, and his, his formula, or his theory of relativity, and I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about here, but believe you, I don't. E equals MC square. E stands for energy, uh, M stands for mass, and C stands for the, the, the velocity of light per centimeters per second. When you think about that, the movement of light that moves at a speed of 186,282 uh, uh, miles per second, that's how fast light moves. Light is life. Light is good. Light is power. When Job was with his friends in the council of his friends, he was talking to Zophar. And he mentioned, in fact, Job mentions light 21 different times in what was believed to be the oldest book in all the Bible. But in one of those moments, he was speaking of a person who is without light is like a drunkard. When he says the light, well, um, he said, they grope in the dark without light and it makes them stagger like a drunken man. Light saves us, protects us, gives us hope. Eliphaz, another one of Job's friends, so to speak, actually is giving Job counsel in this situation. And he says to him in, in chapter 22, he says, you decide a matter and it will be established for you. He's giving him counsel. Listen, you decide something, it'll be established for you. And a light will shine in your ways. He's giving him hope. Light gives hope as you make that decision, as you call that shot, as you listen to the voice of God. God will give you light for that decision. This applies exactly with what David said in the psalm, Psalm 119 in verse 105, when he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Light is powerful. Light transforms Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Yet we come to the Christmas season and the room is dark and, and, and we sing songs about darkness at Christmas time. Think about that for just a moment. But Christmas is not about the night. Christmas is about light. And the light that comes through Christ. But yet we sing songs like, Oh, holy night. Or silent night. But when you dive into the words of those old great hymns, you'll find the words in silent night, silent night, holy night. God, Son of God, love's pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. The beauty, 
the power, the majesty, the energy of light. In Christ being our light. I have two propositions for you today. Listen very carefully. The first proposition is that Jesus is light. Jesus is light that brings light to us. We celebrate that at this time of year. In San Bernardino, California, there is light. In Paris, France, there is light. Three years ago in Sandy Hook Elementary School, there is light. You know there's darkness. There is light because Christ has come. And if we can take the light there, it will push out the darkness. But if we don't take the light there, if we don't know the light, if we don't know Jesus is our light, we live in darkness. We dwell in darkness. But listen, let me say this. Light isn't afraid of darkness. It's the other way around. Darkness fears light. The darker the room, the brighter the light. The darker the room, the brighter the light. You can appreciate the light, the greater the darkness that it exists in. Think about this in John chapter 1, verse 2 and 5. It says, 2 to 5, it says, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus was in the beginning. He didn't begin in a manger. He was always there. He was creating this world and bringing it in order. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Light is more powerful and stronger than darkness. You take me to Sandy Hook, you take me to Paris, you take me to any of those places, and you shine the light of Jesus there, there can be hope, there can be peace, there can be love, there can be redemption. Without Jesus, there is not light. There's no light. John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, I am the light of the world, Jesus said. Whoever follows me, listen to this, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The thing is, some of us choose to walk in darkness. Some of us ignore the light, turn off the light, try to cover the light, run from the light. And when we do that, we live in darkness. Reminds me of a story that happened a couple of years ago, and I'm not down in this organization, but it was an interesting event that happened. Toys for Tots website says this is the mission of the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program is to collect new unwrapped toys during October, November, and December each year and distribute them to, uh, to those at Christmas gifts to needy children in the community and a campaign is conducted. That's a beautiful thing. But there's an organization, there was a company that manufactured little baby Jesuses. And they contacted Toys for Tots. They said, listen, we want to offer to to your organization 4,000 baby Jesuses. All right? 4,000 dolls of Jesus. Now, again, I'm not too much on the the corny looking Jesus dolls, okay? I don't know know all about that. But the story goes on that actually Toys for Tots rejected them. Said, so, no, we can't take them because we're a government sponsored organization. And if we take out and we pass out Jesus, then it might offend some people if we do that. And it's like, whoa, what was this? This is 
This is Jesus. This is Christmas. This is a gift. You can take it. You can get it. No, no, no. We can't do that. And they kept, they kept working through this process. And finally, they wrote an email to them. And they made this statement. Having reconsidered your kind offer of several thousand dolls last week, the Marine Toys for Tot Foundation would like to receive them. We believe... Now, this is the next statement. Hang on to this next phrase. We believe that with some effort, we will be able to find homes for them all. Homes for Jesus. I'm afraid sometimes Jesus is wanting to come into our home, but we're not welcoming him. He's ready to come and shine light into our life. But here's the the problem. We have creepy, crawly things in our life, venomous things in our life that we don't want the light of Christ on. Because if the light of Christ were to shine on them, we would be exposed. And I wonder sometimes if we have room for the light of Christ. When you come to the light, you come to this topic of Jesus being the light of the world. And he comes to this earth to give life and to be light. And he passes on light to us. And the thing about light is it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It warms. It gives life. It's power. All those, all those many things. But it, again, the darker the room, the more we appreciate the light. The light is given so that it, we might give it away. I'm going to come around to some of y'all and I'm going to light your candle, but I want you to stand after your candle is lit and I want you to light someone else's. Everyone should light someone's candle. Because the beautiful thing about about light is that as you give it away, guess what? You still have it. You can never fully give it away. You just continue to light somebody else's. I want to read a verse to you, and I want you to kind of think about it with me. It says, the true light, which gives light. Say that phrase with me. The true light, which gives light. Say it again. The true light, which gives light. So we are talking about the light of Christ. Giving light to everyone was coming into the world and he was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people didn't receive him. The light of Christ is being offered to all of us and we should take it and we should give it away. Please continue to give the light away and as you receive the light, stand and sing with us. share that Jesus is the light of the world. I said I had two propositions for you. The second proposition is that we are the light of Jesus. He has put something inside of us, His Spirit, to illumine us, to give us insight and depth and meaning and life and peace, 
that surpasses all understanding. But the reality is, is he's made us the light of the world because the world is still dark. And just for a moment, I want us to think about total darkness, what that might look like yet again. So on the count of three, I want us to blow out our candles and you can be seated. Three, two, one. You can be seated. See, the reality is, is that many people, according to Micah 7, verse 8, many people still are sitting in darkness. They're sitting in darkness. They're living in darkness. In fact, sometimes you'll find yourself in a cloud of darkness, surrounded by darkness. But Micah said this, the Lord will be the light to me. He realized that, that the light was coming from Christ and and it would come from the Messiah that would be light to him and his life. And I know, but there's darkness so much in the world, but yet the light is come. And how does that happen? And and pushing out the darkness and pushing back the darkness. How How do we do this? in those dark moments and places. A friend of mine on Instagram posted a photo and of Paris after the recent Paris terrorist attacks with a quote from Martin Luther King that said this, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. We are the light of the world and we are called, according to Matthew chapter 5, to shine that light into this world. For you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We have to think about now the light that is in us. How are we going to shine that light into the dark places, into the dark world. We have to look at our life in every corner and crevice and let light penetrate that. Think about your life in in terms of words like loving and leading and, and relating and giving, these present participles of your life. How do you, how well do you love? How well do you lead? How well does love and light penetrate uh, into your relating relationship, into your giving? Break them down. I, about five months ago, four months ago, realized one part of my life that I was not loving people well. Some of those who were closest to me, some of those who looked to me, some of those who walked with me through life, yet I was not loving them well. I, I would say I loved them. Yes, I loved them, but I was loving them well. How much light is in your loving? How much light is in your leading? How much light is in your giving? The world is asking so much of us and we're giving so much of ourselves to the world. But are we taking control of that and giving it away in such a way that we're going to say to God, God, you have given so much to me. I'm going to give back to you. Every year we come to this time and we do something unashamedly and we even will say to guests, you can feel free to participate in this, but we're members, we really challenge you to be a part of giving. We do a special offering one time a year. We do it on one day a year. And it's this one Christmas offering that we do on this day. And we take up this offering and it goes to three different categories. 
One accepts the ministries of our, of our local ministries, uh, of our foster parents night out, of our, of our student ministry, of our, of our youth ministry, uh, of our children's ministry. It helps supply that, but also it goes to our global engagement. Now, I want you to hear this. This, this year, it's also going to go to help with the New Day Orphanage. We're going to help go and we're going to build a, a new orphanage house in Zambia. You heard about that a few weeks ago. In fact, if you want to get to know the children in the orphanage, please take the names and the faces off out in the gallery and take them home and pray for them because you're going to help build a home for that child and children like them that live without a home, without a family. As we do this offering today, as we take this offering, it's going there. But it's also going to help those who are going to go this summer and help build that. Plus 12 other global adventures around the world. I want to tell you this. This past year, we sent out 11 teams. 103 of our, of our people go around the world, serving around the world. And we gave out $43,000 in scholarships to our people. Because of an offering that happens one day a year. Can you believe it? What will we do this year? It's a part of us. Are we going to shine the light even through our giving? Shine the light through our loving. Shine the light through our going. Am I going to be a goer? Shine the light through our leading. Listen, this may seem a little strange, but we're asking you to lead well to let the light of Christ shine even in your leading of your family. Think about that. So here's how we're going to do that. If you haven't heard this, you haven't been here a couple of weeks, don't come Sunday, please. All right? You know, you'll never hear that from me again. But if you come this Sunday, you'll be sorely disappointed because you'll be the only one here. We're not having church. But we're not having church on an intentional reason. We're saying, hey, we want your family, we want your friends, we want your communitas to get together and to do worship. We want you to have your neighbors over. We want you to have your work associates over. We want you to have some people who don't even are not even from America. I met somebody in our last service that's invited a Hindu family to their house for Sunday, and they're going to do worship together. I love it. The fact is, is that we can lead our children well. Will you, this, past, this next Sunday, take one of our time capsules when you go out tonight. We have one per family. Take one of those and let the light shine in your leading of your own family. Let the light shine in your giving. Let the light shine in your going. Let the light shine in your loving relationships with other people.